guys and gals, welcome to the Oxford Holy Club, a place where we ready ourselves to give an answer for the hope that's in us. We will also try to answer your questions, random questions from the interwebs, and have some fun too. So put some seatbelts on your ears because we're in for a wild ride. Well, happy episode 50. It's your host, Beard Man. (laughs) And the bald eagle himself. Yes, we did it. Felt natural, (laughs) felt smooth. Sure did. Smooth as a bald eagle's head. <laughs> that's that's a weird connect. How are you tonight, Lucas? I'm doing very well. Uh, I was away this weekend uh, for my anniversary in St. Martin's. So that was nice. And um, get, starting to get into the summer routine with me and the kids home every day. And today was very exciting. I took some recycling to the recycling depot. And oh. I swept the floor. And a few other sundry items like that. Oh, and I, I finished up on a website I was working on for somebody. So I guess that was a little more exciting. Uh, are you just mentioning these things because your wife listens to the podcast but doesn't notice the work you do around the home? Oh, my wife does not listen to the podcast. Uh, so I think we're safe there. Unless I'm listening to it in the van and she hears it. Um, but uh, she does chuckle at times. You listen to the podcast yourself in the van sometimes? Yeah, like, uh, cause every episode I like to listen to it because, like I said before, sometimes I'll do little things that are stupid that sound really bad on the air, like the time where I would silently chuckle <laughs> uh, after your jokes, and I was like, "Ooh, that sounds bad," and I kept doing it, and I was like, "Ooh, gotta stop that." Um, so yeah, I listen to it just to see if I can, you know, make my own trade craft a little smoother, and also. I mean, I enjoy it. Like the same reason I like doing it. I, I'm not one who's afraid to laugh at his own jokes or your own jokes or whatever. So I enjoy it. And it's funny because uh, my son Gideon loves listening to it. And he's always bringing up like jokes and stuff from like episodes earlier. And he's like, hey, dad, remember that time that dad uh, said this and you said that? So that's it is cool. Fun. That's, that's cool. You yeah. know what? Uh, I listen to it too, but and probably for the same reason you do. It's kind of like quality control. You want to listen back and analyze everything, which we're going to mention this right off the bat. Uh, Listener, you should go uh, rate and review this show right now. Uh, I was listening to another podcast and they made the point that they don't know they're doing horribly unless somebody tells them. (laughs) Or they don't know that people like certain things unless somebody rates and reviews. Um, Now, did you just hear that, that noise? I sure did. Well, that's not good. See if I can get rid of that there. Uh, what have I done? I'm guessing we're not live on Facebook right now. We're not live on Facebook. I was going to try that, but I I didn't. Uh, Sometimes we should do like a little promo, just like a little quick like two-minute blurb. Well, maybe we and, can do that when this is done. Right. We'll just jump on. Or it'd be great too. Like, well, are you recording the video? Uh, I'm not recording the video. Okay. Because at one time you did that with like me and Kenny and you, and mm-hmm. that was kind of cool, like a little uh, mashup thing. Yeah, like a little teaser trailer. I'm not recording yeah. because the, the laptop I'm using for the Zoom call is, yep. is just too old. And right. if I basically, if I do anything with it besides just have this video, it, uh, it just bogs down. Even now, like I'm looking at my, my video and it's delayed. Fair enough. Um, so maybe maybe after we can jump on and, and just say hello and give a little test to that and see what that could look like. Um, so yeah. listener, I, I digressed or I trailed off. Rate and review so that we know what you're enjoying. The, the segments, maybe you like a certain segment, maybe you don't enjoy a certain segment. Uh, let us know and 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 then we can you know we can learn from that. It would really help if you would do that. Um, you might go, well, no, I'm not going to do that. Somebody else will do that. No, no, they won't. 
it's up to you. You know, be the hero that we need. Uh, and that's the, probably the easiest way to do I mean, rating us on iTunes is very, very good. Um, if you just have little critiques, um, you know, rate us, give us a good rating, but then drop us an email, uh, oxfordholyclub at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, would be a great way to do that too. And just uh, touch base or even Facebook or, you know, Instagram, anything like that. Just uh, reach out and make a comment. And we always love to hear from people. And if you can too, you know that in the, in the link uh, in the show description, you can also send us a one minute voice message. So if you're just on the go and you don't want to type, send us a message. We would love to listen to it and we'd put it on the air. Um, so we just basically did the ending of the show right now. But did you ever wonder if people listen to the end once you start going into the spiel, they know it's wrapping up, they've heard it once and they think that that's enough? You ever wonder? Oh, I mean, I've done that before with podcasts. Like, oh yeah, I know this is it, or you know that sort of thing. But I think it's always good because I've I try to make a point now of like if I love there's a podcast I've loved and like listened to hundreds of hours of and I've not liked and like I've subscribed so that's good but I haven't liked it and I haven't told I usually will tell people but I haven't like given it a rating. I'm like oh two minutes out of my day. Oh my word! Uh, but I was like no, this still. <laughs> You could do that. Yeah. Uh, so I've started doing that now. Yeah. Now that I'm on the other side of the podcast. It really does help. It really does help. So are you the type of person that doesn't then read all the credits when a movie's done? <laughs> Only if I think there's an Avengers end scene coming up. <laughs> they really changed the way we have. You know, we just watched uh, Toy Story 4 and I don't want to give any spoilies. So, <laughs> so I won't. I will say this. If you haven't seen Toy Story 4 yet and you're going to go, uh, don't leave. Once the credits start rolling, because there's there are other there's a bunch of scenes that go on throughout the credits. So it's and they're important scenes too. It's really worth staying. I think that theater was pretty much full, and there might have been six of us that just happened to stick around, mainly because the kids were just being difficult to get out. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> other scenes popped up, and we're like, oh, "It's not over. <laughs> Sit down, you kids. Everybody, uh, everybody, shut now- up." Tell me this, um, the Toy Story franchise been out a long time, yada, 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 pioneering, et cetera. Um, how would you rate each one, like out of five stars or 10 stars or whatever? Because I want to see where this one stacks up to the other ones, in your opinion. Wow. Uh, I've, been a, I've been a huge fan of Toy Story the entire way through, because uh, when was... The first Toy Story came out, like I was the, I think the appropriate age uh, to be watching it, if you know what I mean, like at, as a consumer, not as a parent. Right. Uh, I feel like it was 95 or 96. Like it was, it was one of the early computer graphic ones, I feel like, one of the big ones anyway. Uh, yeah. Um, let me see here. 1995 was when it came out. So I would have been 11 years old when, yeah. when that hit. Uh, and, and for me... So Toy Story 1 has, there's the nostalgia effect, you know, or quotient mm-hmm. where it, yep. you know, it, it was the first one. I was, a, I was a, you know, a kid. So Toy Story 1 has a, has a special place in my heart. Toy Story 2, I'm, I'm basically going to talk about them and then I'll rank them. <laughs> so, so then, you know, I actually, I have to say this. I think Toy Story as a franchise has avoided the pitfalls of other uh, other movie franchises that have sequels and then sequels and then sequels. You know that not just milking them. You know they're filming a Fast and Furious Nine right now. Well, one of the random Fast and Furiouses, like seven or eight or something, made like a billion dollars. Like, of course they are, but I'm like, who's who's watching this a billion times? Like, I don't understand it. They don't even race I mean, cars anymore. It's not even about cars anymore. 
It's it's really not. It's just the name and the people. It's the name and the people, and it's a spy movie now. It seems like anyway. And and they've got spinoffs that aren't like that aren't even fast. Like they have not just like sequels. They have like spinoffs now, yep. which is crazy. Anyway, Spe- we're, we're sounding very old. Spe- speedy and ferocious. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so I think that Toy Story has done an excellent job of maintaining, even though it's been so long since the you know the last Toy Story with three. So you've got the whole arc with Andy um, through one, two, and three, and it really seemed like three was the perfect send-off. The toys are happy. They're they're at a new place with a new owner. If you haven't seen Toy Story 3, I'm sorry, because um, <laughs> you should have by now. Uh, and, and so then with them all coming back to Toy Story 4, I really wondered, what are they going to do with this? How, you know... You've already pulled in our, like Toy Story 3 had that huge emotional ending. Do you remember that? Where they're all oh, yeah. like heading towards a fire and they're holding hands and they've they've all consigned to death and they're they're going together. Yeah. Do you remember that? Like that 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 tugs at my heartstrings. And so <laughs> how do you top As it was designed to go on. Well, of course. Uh, how do you top that? And yet Toy Story 4 nailed it, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, um I I sat through the Avengers Endgame movie, basically waiting. I wanted to feel this moment where where I just was like, I can't believe I'm seeing all this, and like mm-hmm. this. And it it was pretty much near the end before that happened for me. Great movie, really enjoyed, but I didn't feel like it captured me the way I hoped. Toy Story Four, on the other hand, while it doesn't have all that action, you know, and and all of that, as a as a animated cartoon movie, and a 35 year old man. Uh, with a bag of popcorn and a and a coke, I was I was loving it. It was it had me from the whole way through. Uh, so you asked me to rate them, and I would rate them thusly: one, four, three, two. One, four. Th- wow! So the newest one is in second place for you. That's pretty pretty high uh, standards. And and not because there's anything wrong, like two's in the last place, but not because there's anything wrong with it. I right. I just think one was the initial one that brought us into the story. Three had that huge cl- uh, climax and an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Um, and and two was 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 really good, but it was just another story in the in the you know pantheon. Right. Sure. Yeah. So so there. Th- that's I guess that's how I'm rating them. Totally worth it if you get a chance to take your kids there, uh, Lucas. Highly recommend. I th- I was, it's funny because you know movie franchises and stuff. You can tell how old you are by like the ones that you're really into. <clears throat> For me, one of the biggest franchises that I remember, like, I look back on it kind of nostalgically, even though I don't watch it anymore, uh, but just just like remember being so pumped for the next one to come out was Lord of the Rings because it was such a huge deal. Oh, yeah. You know, like, I have to wait a year. And can, and then I remember when it, the last one was over, I was like kind of bummed. I was like, oh, I don't have some super big movie to look forward to next year. I mean, there was always other movies, but yeah, I think Lord of the Rings was, was kind of similar for me. But you remember, I remember you said you didn't even care about them until... Way after they were out, right? Yeah, didn't, wasn't even a little bit interested, and and then I was at a youth camp. I was at a youth camp, and I wasn't the director. And the director said it's a movie night, and they put on that, <laughs> uh, the first Lord of the Ring. And so I there sat there, and I had to watch this thing, and it was slow going. I was just like, oh my word, how much grass can we look at all together? And- uh, I it's funny because I like the first one. 
And in two and three, they have the better action sequences, but they also have those boring, boring sequences with the hobbits. So um, what I do, I have a little life hack, is uh, I just skip all the scenes with the hobbits in them because I I don't really care about Frodo and what's his face there, Samwise Gamgee. Uh, And I'm just, I'm like, skip, skip, skip. Oh, there's a battle. Skip, skip, skip. Another battle. And it makes Lord of the Rings like an hour long watch, which is perfect. Hold on. Are you trying Mm -hmm. to tell me that you skipped over the main... Uh, protagonists yep. that save the world and their yep. their journey, the Hobbit's tale. Yep, you skipped it. Yep, that's amazing. Hundred percent. Uh, no, obviously not in the theaters. I'm like, I'm leaving. I'll be back in half an hour or whatever. <laughs> so, uh, but, someone come get me. I'm at but, the arcade. <clears throat> but especially with like the ex- extended editions that are like three and a half hours long. Yeah, I, I, there's only so much Elijah Woods sinking into moral turpitude I really feel like watching uh, so I just stick with you know the fun parts with the bows and the arrows and the dwarves and the elves okay okay cool yep yeah um, Lucas mm-hmm. th- no none of this was in our notes uh, you yep. know as we do oh also you mentioned it was your anniversary happy anniversary thank you from all uh, of us to you uh, although it's funny because the morning of our anniversary, we both forgot it was our anniversary until about 11 o'clock. <laughs> so, <laughs> Shoot. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, yes. Now, by the time this airs, my anniversary will have come and gone and I will either have succeeded or failed. Um, and come back I, next I week to you. find out. <laughs> <laughs> so let me hit you with a hypothetical. Sure. Uh, item one on our agenda. Uh, so... If you can spin a wheel, think uh, Wheel of Fortune kind of wheel, and three quarters of it uh, give you the chance to learn any new skill at a world-class level that you want. Now, Brad walked away for a second, so he has no idea what the setup for this hypothetical was. Um, Now, you won't be the best in the world, but you'll be in the top 100. Um, but there's a one quarter percent chance, or sorry, a one quarter chance, or a twenty five percent. Let me read you the whole thing. Yeah, I, you didn't I'm, hear it. I'm and sorry. It got muddled. It, I my I didn't turn my light on, and I was it was getting dark in here. So I'm like, okay, this is a long paragraph he's written. So I'm gonna <laughs> go flip my light on real quick, and then when I came back and started listening and looking, there's a lot of percentages, and I got scared. <laughs> Although I guess you could have read it. All right, eh, who wants to read when this podcast? Please. Now? Now. Okay. Um, So, you can spin a giant wheel, think Wheel of Fortune, uh, or Price is Right, any any, uh, chance-based wheel you like. Now, there's a 75% chance you're going to land on a thing that lets you gain any skill you want in the world instantly, and you'll become world-class level at this thing. You won't be the best in the world, but you'll be in the top 100 of whatever it is, you know, (laughs) hockey or music or skating or... I don't know, raising horses. Uh, But there is a 25% chance that if you land on this other thing, you're going to lose your two best current skills. Would you spin that wheel? And if so, what would you want to learn? Wow. Or or the other question would be, well, you're going to lose your two best skills, so what do you think they are? Yeah, and it's not what you think they are, it's what they actually are. So you could think, oh, I'm going to lose this and this, and then all of a sudden you learn, you lose something else. Oh, man. Okay, so three quarter, seventy five percent chance. Yep. I mean, the odds 
But you're only going to gain one skill, right? Yeah, you'll either gain one or you'll lose your two best. I mean, the odds are in your favor that you're going to win. Yes. Right? I mean, just the math of that says that you have a higher chance of winning. Significantly higher. And if you choose not to spin the wheel, you just walk away and everything goes on as though it didn't happen? Yeah, you don't have to, but if you do, would you? And if you did, what would you? What would your skill be? You can either take one of your skills that's already really good and make it world class, or just take something you're awful at and make your make become really good at it. Well, that's where I'm going. And if you listen to last week's episode, you know about me and administration, um, <laughs> because it's not my strongest quality. Um, so if it was me, I would want to up my admin game. Up your admin I, game. I, I, now, would you? <sighs> Well, I mean, okay, so what I'm really... So what would you lose? So I'm going to put a couple things up on the board because no one wants to sound selfish, right? So I'm going to say it could be your pastoring skills like or people skills. It could be your guitar skills, could be your drum skills, could be your podcasting skills, your podcasting chops. Oh, man, my porky podcasting chops. problem is for you, a lot of those are career related. (laughs) You know, they really are. It it really it really feels like some of the things that I that I do is all kind of career driven here. Um, so my, mm, but you could become the best speaker or the best podcast. Well, one of the best top one hundred. But you know, I, I'm okay with where we're at with podcasting because it's not you. It's not you know if it's not my best skill right now, that doesn't mean it's not going to grow. Very true. Right? Like it. it Doing this doesn't then say, okay, all your skills stop where they're at right now. So, yes, Lucas, I'm spinning the wheel because I... Okay, oh, hold, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you lose your two best skills, but can you, when it's all said and done, yes, you suck at them, you're like really bad now, but do you still have the ability to learn? I wondered that. if you That would be really tricky, but... Um... I, you're going to say no, because then, you know, what's the... You kind of well. I mean, well, it kind of loses. I, I'm torn because I wanted to say no because it's easier, and I probably will say no. But I mean, in real, in reality, like, say we pick guitar. Like, you didn't learn how to play guitar overnight. It took you a long, long time, right? Your ten thousand hours of practice to become an expert. So, but I'm going to say no. Like, you basically those are going to be low level skills forever. Okay, I, man, there, there, there was. Um, I have a sneeze coming on air. Butterfly. <coughs> that wonderful mic picked it up. Yeah, it did. Um, pardon me. Okay, so I think in the past ten years ago, I would have totally been on this. Right. And and it less to lose. Well, less to lose, but also my personality at that time was very discontent with what I had. Right. And mm-hmm. and um. And if we're just being real, I know it's supposed to be a hypothetical fun question, but uh, I was not- But con- they are a window to the soul, Brad. Aren't they? Wow. <laughs> I was very discontent with what I had, even material stuff and, and all that. So yes, given the opportunity to, to probably gain, I definitely would have taken it. And I think where I'm at right now, not because I feel that I have, that I'm the best at certain things, um, 
But aside from, you know, there's obviously there are things I'd like to do to better myself, um, but there are great programs and people I can bring alongside me to help me, uh, you know. So I'm going to say no, Lucas. I'm not spinning the wheel because I don't want to risk what I have. Final answer. Fi- Very good. Final answer is now, no. It took a long time to get there. If you were going to spin it, what would you want to bump up? My, my Just like general administration type things. So <laughs> you could pick anything in the world and you want to get better at like emails and scheduling and stuff. That would be your like big... I mean, it would impact your current life the most. It, it, it would. And that's, you know, just being better at at being, you know... Better. Well, just be, being better at, you know, uh, ske- yep, scheduling. Really getting <laughs> really getting down deep with my Outlook calendar. and <laughs> You win and it's like a calendar appears in front of you. It's like, use this. I may have picked the most boring <laughs> thing possible, but it's the truth that if I could like <laughs> hey. up something, I would instantly, I have a pocket protector. Or a, <laughs> so if you're out there and you're an administrative whiz or you just have a great system for organization that poor Bradley can use to okay. get his life the shambles that are his life together. Uh, Oxford Holy Club at gmail.com and send him your app or program or system that you use. Uh, for me, <sighs> yes, I also I wouldn't spin it. Um, I'm quite content with, with what I have. Not that I want to like stay here forever, but like I'm quite pleased. And I know that if I, if I lost my two best, um, not that they're amazing, but like, again, my career and my life revolve around those heavily. Um, if I was going to do it, I'd probably want to be a world-class, hmm, Oboist. Either public speaker, I think would be really fun, or just a world class like leader. Um, probably just leadership in general. I'd go for that. Um, well, but that, I'm not going to spin it. I'm going to get there on my own. You know, it's about the journey, not the destination. See, and it's it's comments like that that you took from someone else. That um, just kidding. Well, uh, it's <laughs> not really. I did, but I mean, <clears throat> some of your skills. Are, are in the area of teaching and leadership and equipping and, and things like that. So, you know, those are in your wheelhouse and w- mm. and you, I don't blame you for not wanting to, to risk those because those are your career too. And really it's funny because actually most things in life, people would love to have a magic wand waved and become good at, you know, like I said, guitar or public speaking or singing or whatever. But they wouldn't be as good really because like it is about the journey. It is about the journey. It is about like making those mistakes and yeah. and learning, you know, first year teachers. I remember me as a first year teacher and everyone I've ever like coached. It's just, it's, Oh, I just wish I was good at classroom management, like good at taking a classroom full of teenagers and making them like behave and learn. Yeah. I mean, I wish I could wave that magic wand for you, but the lessons you learn, you learn them well because they're not easy to pick up, right? Like it's not usually natural for everybody. So yeah. So, so all you youngsters and oldsters out there, remember it's, it's the sack, it's the grit and it's the resiliency you build up during these things that actually build your character a lot along the way. And that's why you're in leadership. The more, you know, the more, you know, you know, had I been thinking, I would have said, the skill I would want is to be able to recognize ridiculous sounds from a podcast and be able to report back as to what they are accurately. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our mystery sound contest. The part of the show where you get to hear a weird sound and then let us know what you think it is for a chance to win the opportunity to rate and review.
Well, that sound came very fast, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully you figured it out by now. While that was happening, Lucas and I discussed what your prize could be. Lucas, why don't you tell them what they could win? Uh, if you want, you can send us your Apple iTunes ID and password and we'll rate and review uh, the podcast for you. How's that? We asked you to do it, but now we're willing to take the reins and do it for you. Life has never been simpler, folks. Uh, Lucas, I've got a <laughs> Yahoo here for you, and it's been a while since we've done one, so I'm kind of pumped yeah. for this. Uh, <clears throat> this question comes from Yahoo. How do I punish my 16-year-old daughter for this? And that's the question. But then we get some context. My six-year-old, or sorry, 16-year-old daughter has a cold, not even the flu. She refuses to take Tylenol because she thought it was something serious. She, she then made me take her to the ER, and the doctor just told her to take some medication to help with the cold, and they could be bought over the counter. We just received a $2,000 bill in the mail from the hospital. Should I make her pay it off herself? Uh, so Lucas, we've, I, I, I gotta think this is happening in a country that is not Canada. Yeah. Cause my solution was make her move to Canada. That will both teach her and cover her healthcare expenses. Yeah. For real. Right. <laughs> now you've got some thoughts here. Why don't you, why don't you throw down what you're thinking? Um, as I famously said, not Stephen Covey, uh, we get to choose our actions, but we do not get to choose our consequences. Um, and she chose her actions. And I think she really does need to learn from this and pay, you know, I, maybe not all of it, but like, I think she should pay some of it. Um, because it was her thing, right? Like, especially now if she had gone in and they turned out it was like super cancer, then I guess there'd be a little egg on your face, but oh my word, man, not. It, what? That took a real dark turn. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it was just a cold. Uh, so, yeah, she should learn to play it safe financially and not safe healthfully. I don't know. I've, I'm taking it. I'm spiraling, Brad. You're Help spiraling. Me Let me get you out of there. What kind of kid doesn't take medicine from a parent? Like, the, she refused to take Tylenol because she thought it was something serious. What kind of cold do you have to have that you go, this is not a cold. Tylenol will not work. And you refuse as a 16 year old to take the medication and then made her mother drive her to the emergency room. It's too sick for Tylenol, not sick enough to not be able to demand and force her mother to drive her. Yeah, I think I think it's good because one, she didn't listen to you, and which wasted the money. But also, it just teaches that, like in the real world, these decisions cost things. Now, it sucks that they live in a place that the like having to go to the ER costs two thousand dollars. Like that, I don't think that's really reasonable. Uh, but yeah, I think if, if but if that's the world she lives in, she needs to understand that these things take money. So maybe you know, try the two Tylenol and call me in the morning kind of thing. Right, but. What about the mom that drove her there? Like, mm. I, I mean, I don't have teenagers yet, but I work with teenagers. Um, and a, the, like at some point, the mother was just like, okay, I'll drive you. True. I, you, you know what I mean? Like the mom took her. She didn't stand her ground and go, you have a cold. Be quiet. Or here, as stick I, your face. As I have been famously, as, as I have famously said, not another famous person, the behavior you allow is the <sighs> behavior you will receive. Is this what this episode's going to be? I tell <laughs> Me you, stealing quotes from other people. Yeah. 
Uh, all right. Well, at least now we can set our expectations accordingly. <laughs> um, but to me, yeah, like she took her. And but I, I'm also picturing this. This is a 16 year old girl who are kind of known for their ability to be dramatic. So I can see her like flopping over in the couch and being like, oh, I won't survive. And <laughs> and mom, you're going to kill me, mom. And, you know, pulling on those mom heartstrings. And, you know, moms are uh, a sucker for I love you, mom. Uh, love love but, you, mom. Uh, Lucas doesn't you know. speak for me. <laughs> Good grief, man. So what would you do? Well, I wouldn't throw all mums of all time under the bus all at once. That's not what I would do. Come on. Is that what I did? You just threw mums. You, you called all moms suckers for listening to their kids or something like that. I, well, there's, I mean, they're suckers as in a lot of them will. Dude, you're, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try to justify how you can get off calling all moms suckers. <laughs> Hello, never mothers. Been played the fool. I mean, to mute your mic. Uh, <laughs> we here at Oxford Holy Club love mothers. It's we Mother's hope you Day. Enjoy our last ever episode. <laughs> Would you go check on one of your kids? Um, um, it's it's Mother's Day here in Oxford Holy Club all year long. We love you, mom. Well. $2,000 bill for just seeing your doctor at an ER seems a bit much, which mm -hmm. makes me wonder if this is an exaggeration. And, and so then I wonder how much of this is an exaggeration. And it's possible they have insurance and they saw what it actually was. And I mean, with their copay, it was like 50 bucks or whatever. But, and she's like, look what it would have cost us, you know, if we didn't have insurance, which it might have. Well, but maybe it's because of the emergency room. Maybe they treat it like, you know, if you have an emergency trip to the dentist and they just... You have to pay through the nose or through the tooth, I guess. <laughs> Shoot. I didn't mean to laugh because <laughs> that's just encouraging you. <laughs> I'm fueled by it. Oh, my word. Well, it sounds to me like you need to make that kid pay for their mistake. Here's hoping that your 19-year-old daughter has a job but probably hasn't held on to a job that long if the sight of a cold sends her flying to the ER. Can't come in today. One nostril is just a slight bit plugged. <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> <coughs> Stuffing her mouth full of cotton balls. Before I can't come in. I am I am eighty percent sure I had pneumonia uh, my last month of school, and I did not miss any work. I also didn't go to the doctor, so part of that's on me. I probably could have had it cleared up a lot sooner, but <laughs> anywho. Turns out you're the sucker. And ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for our Not A Sponsor break, the part of the show where we highlight a product that we feel does it better than anybody else, but they won't support us financially. Well, the way technology has been moving, we can be one click away from being anywhere in the world. I can order tickets and be somewhere just by asking the speaker that's on my desk right now. And yet in this increasingly technologically advanced age, we are becoming as individuals more isolated. Well, if you can't beat them, then join them from the comfort of your own living room with the Logitech C930E Business Webcam. Designed for businesses or individuals that don't like going outside, it has a 1080p webcam with a wide field of view and digital zoom. Now, let me tell you, folks, this is a webcam that means business. Experience video calls that are the next best thing to being there in person. Who wants to do that? Sophisticated technology in the Logitech C930E webcam delivers clear video and sound in virtually any environment, even low light conditions. Basements? With 1080p 
resolution H.264 video compression and a wide 90 degree field of view, C930E offers advanced webcam capabilities for superior video conferencing. I have used a bunch of different webcams, including onboard webcams on my laptops for video conferencing. And you know what? Nothing has done it as well as this Logitech camera. And in my opinion, nobody does it better at keeping me inside and connected to the world around me than the Logitech C930E camera, not a sponsor. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to move on to our questions. Christians can't answer. Uh, these come from uh, different websites out there on the internet where people list questions that are too difficult for us to answer. That, and as Christians, we just don't know. So uh, we didn't do one last week because Lucas and I, frankly, were just trying to catch up. And uh, and we take these as though someone just came up to us and asked off the street with no prep. So uh, here's uh, here's the question: If God is all just. Why does he punish slash kill massive amounts of people throughout the Bible for the sins of the one? And I, um, this comes, there, there's a ton of these questions that are all kind of together and they're specifically talking about the Old Testament. If you remember, Lucas, your, your Bible history, mm-hmm. uh, there's an awful lot of, of uh, killing in, in the Old Testament and the Israelites going to war and, and God commanding them to go out and, and kill everyone, not just men, but men, women, children, livestock. And I actually, I, we may have talked about this before in the podcast, but I remember meeting someone once where um, it was a pastor and his wife and we were just having open conversation and, and she made the comment because we were sharing our stories and she said um, that she loves Jesus, but she really has a hard time with God. And, and now she recognized that Jesus was God. So for anyone whose doctrine radar is going, <laughs> uh, she knew that Jesus was God. But what she was trying to explain was that she loved Jesus because she saw, she saw Jesus as a man of peace. Uh, but the God of the Old Testament to her was a God of war. Now, we know through scripture that God is the same, you know, yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. The same God back then is the same God now. And, and so this is a hard question for people. They look at that and they go, okay, if he's supposed to be all just, why did this happen? What did those people do? Uh, so I see that you've written some stuff and I've got some thoughts. And I shared with you last time that we spoke, uh, I, had, I would have had an answer for this. Um, but maybe a month ago, I stumbled onto something that really speaks into this and I'm hoping I can communicate it clearly on the podcast and, uh, without any edits. So we'll see how I do, but Lucas, why don't, <laughs> why don't you, uh, why don't you kick us off? <clears throat> all right. Well, first of all, I mean, that, that is a very legitimate question. That's a question that, uh, people have been struggling with and wrestling with for a long time. I mean, it's certainly there and that's why. Some people feel like God's different in the Old Testament than the New Testament, and you know, there's all kinds of things there. Um, but you have to remember that there, there's a few things I want to kind of touch on. First of all, um, a bunch of people punished and killed for the sins of one. I'm assuming they're talking about Adam, but that is that saying that no one's ever sinned since then, which is we know that's not true. Exactly. Um, so there's no such thing as an innocent person. Um, so except Jesus. But, except Jesus, right? He gets he gets it. Um, but, but there's always context every time usually. And it's well, the one thing there's like back in those days, 
life was hard. Life, like, like life was harsh. Like the fact is like, if my brother died, I was expected to marry his wife. The reason for that being is because if she is a widow, there's no social safety net. So marrying yeah. me would now be like the only, like the safest thing for her, the best thing for her, yada, yada, yada. Is it like ideal? Nope. Like, would we do that now? No, because we don't need to do that anymore. Uh, but that was, that was in the law and it sounds really weird and it sounds almost like, um, well, it, it doesn't sound good, but it, there's a reason for it. Um, and sometimes we don't get the full context. And one little bit of context um, from one thing is, um, Brad, I'm sure you know the name, but uh, there's a gentleman uh, that when they first went to the Holy Land, God told them, uh, they I think it was when they went to Jericho, was it? And, the, and God told them, don't take anything from this city. Like, basically, this is an offering. Like, instead of going in and taking all the gold and all the animals and all the whatever— um, and like, as like prize, you're, this is supposed to be like an offering to me, like saying like, Hey, we trust you that you're going to give us other cities as easy as you've given us this one. So don't take anything. So like, yeah, got it. You got it. God, like, we're not going to do it. Not going to take anything. But then all of a sudden they found out that somebody did take things. Um, and because of it, like they found out that, yeah, this guy, in fact, he, he stole some gold and he buried it under his tent. So this shows that this guy didn't trust God um, and he wasn't really on board with the whole plan. And then all of a sudden a chasm opened up and like swallowed him and like his whole family and his tent and everything just gone. And we and, and it's easy to be like, well, why, why would, what about his wife? What about his kids? But now we don't know how much they were in on it and all that stuff. But really the, the fact, it comes down to, this is God showing that like, Sin affects everyone around you. Mm-hmm. Um, um, for example, if I'm an alcoholic, it's going to affect my family. Like it's my sin, it's my thing. But it's when I come home and like maybe abuse my wife or hit my kid, or even if I don't do those things, even if I'm just alcoholic and not there to support them, my my children are going to have a harder time growing up. Doesn't mean they can't grow up well. It just yep. means that they're going to have a harder time they're suffering for my sins and in the bible this was quite literally done through god coming in and like make swallowing up that whole camp and and you pass this baggage on to your children um so it's kind of showing that and that's why it's so important that you do the right things the right way um as god shows and like lays out because it's it's not like you're just going to hurt yourself with your sin you're going to hurt a lot of people possibly yeah, and, so those are just a couple of thoughts I had. Well, and you made a really good point uh, right at the very beginning. I mean, the whole thing was good, so, but um, context. Context is everything. And the reality is for us, <clears throat> we are so far outside of this context that when we look back at this, we don't, we don't understand the mindset and the reality of an Israelite at that time. There, the thing, and, you, and you said it, a lot of the things that was in the law we look at now and go, why on earth would we do that? But this was what was new to me that I had not really heard about because, and, and it goes with the whole context idea. And, and it's this, there is, there's a supernatural context that, that we are not looking at when we approach these things. What I mean by that is this, we all as Christians believe that, that there is a supernatural world. And we can see in the Bible uh, different times where, you know, angels come into play. We, you know, we read about fallen angels that, you know, that intermingled with, with men and uh, women, sorry, and had, uh, had uh, babies called the Nephilim and, and, and all of that. And, and 
and from that Nephilim, the offspring of uh, of this, you know, angelic being and and uh, woman mix, you know, they had the Nephilim, and then that whole bloodline continues to where even when they're going to take the promised land, it says that you know, um, was it uh, Anakin? No, Anak the the descendants of Anak or something like that. And the whole the whole point is that and it talks about giants and like Goliath who's a giant and all this stuff. So let me let me just lay out what's kind of on my head here or in my head and then we can deal with it. Uh, I I recently came upon an author who uh, his name is Michael Heiser. And what what he tries to do, he's an academic uh, and he he looks at all these different um, scriptures and he he wanted to get into the head of what it what it meant to be an Israelite. What did they believe? What did they know about the supernatural world back then that we don't now or that what was the lens they were looking at that that we just are not getting type thing. Now, I will say and he would make it very clear because I listen to his podcasts now and I'm reading his book. Uh, we can get the clear understanding of the gospel message. Uh, so I'm not trying to say that we can't approach scripture today without all this knowledge of being an Israelite way back then. Does that make sense? Yeah. Tracking with me. So, so what he, what he's saying is that we can. Um, okay, here let me let me just let me just lay it out. If you remember remember the the story of the Tower of Babel, I do. And they were you know trying to build this tower and and all of that. And uh, and God kind of he enters the scene, and and then he and he says this. And where's let me see where's the scripture. Uh, Deuteronomy 32 at the tower of Babel, God decides, and this is from Michael Heiser in his book, um, the unseen realm. God decided after the nations rebelled against him, that he no longer wanted a direct relationship with the people of those nations. And instead he assigned members of his divine council, the sons of God to govern them. Dude, you can see this in Deuteronomy 4, 19 to 20. Deuteronomy 32, eight and nine. So what he's saying is, and then, and then we have, you know, the Israelites through Abram and Sarah. So we've got the peoples of the world that are now being governed by this divine council, these angelic beings. And, and then there's the Israelite people that God himself is going to govern. And what happens with these angelic beings, this divine council is that they actually become corrupt and they become the gods that are being worshipped. They wanted worship. And so this was so foreign to me. I had no sweet clue about this. But when you start looking at this and looking throughout scripture, you see references to it all the time in the New Testament, in the Old Testament. And so it talks about how um, that, that back then they actually really believed that there were these other gods. And, and the term, you know, you've heard the term Elohim. I, well, Elohim is more, it's not so much a name of God as much as it is a place, uh, like a supernatural being. So God is an Elohim and these divine councils are Elohim, but, but only God is God. Um, and so there's these corrupt, uh, I'm, I am bringing this back to the point of what we're doing here. There's this corrupt group of angelic beings that are now being worshipped throughout the nations. And, and then on top of that, we have the, the angelic beings that left uh, heaven, presumably, and came down and intermingled. And now the, there's this literal bloodline of Nephilim and giants and all this type of thing that are, that's on the earth. And, and so we've got these two different rebellions that are happening. And it's, it's all in this supernatural 
and and bringing into the physical realm. Uh, and, you know, the Nephilim appear in Genesis 6, 1 to 4, uh, where the sons of God took as their wives the daughters of humankind. And then, you know, it talks about Anakim, the giants, and, and all this type of stuff. And so what Michael Heiser is saying is that the reason why uh, all this, all this uh, fighting took place was a few different reasons. There was a lot going on here, was that God was demonstrating that he was God, not these divine council that were, were going on and being worshiped. And so uh, defeating these nations was, 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 was defeating these quote unquote gods. And the other was to eradicate the bloodline of the Nephilim because right like it was it was to go in because that's that's why you had to kill every man woman child all this and 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 you know some cities it wasn't that some cities they were they could go in and, and it was just the men other places specifically when it was in relation to fighting the giants which sounds like a fairy tale type thing but that's mm-hmm. if i understand what i'm reading that's what we're seeing here is that you know devote everything to destruction everything everything goes and and so that's kind of how he explains that. Um, and there's, you know, uh, there's other scriptures that talk about it. Uh, let's see here. Da, 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 da. Uh, Israel, as Israel's leadership passed to Josiah, or sorry, Joshua, the Israelites would systematically hunt down the giant clans of, uh, and it goes on like Hebron, Deber, uh, Anab, Judah, and Israel, only in Gaza and Gath and in Asheroth did some remain. And that was uh, from Joshua eleven twenty two. And then it says this, uh, let's see here. The surviving giants would go on to haunt Israel for centuries through, though most Christians today only notice the ones that came from Gath and fought for the Philistines, Goliath. So the, what, what Michael Heiser, the point he's making here is that there's this supernatural battle that's taking place. And the reason that that back then, like these people had to be eradicated because they physically carried a bloodline that needed to go for God's plan to be completed, it had to be eradicated. So unfortunately, if as you read the Old Testament, we find out that that plan, because of, of uh, Israel's disobedience, didn't come into fruition. And then we see, you know, we see how he brings Jesus onto the scene. Interestingly, and it's not really answering the question here, but it, it, uh, the, the one of the main points was he talks about Eden. Uh, Michael Heiser talks about Eden and how God created Eden to be this place where the sons of God and humans could meet. You know, it talks about Lucifer was actually in the garden, right? Like, uh, and, and so there's, there was this perfect place, Eden, and how God wants to bring us back to that where where we come back to, you know, to Eden for humans and, and for the other, the sons of God that are Elohim, you know, uh, and, and so, and we, we, we see that in revelation, how he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. Um, so I'm finding it, I, I definitely don't have all the answers to this, but I'm finding it super interesting because it's, it's a different lens to look through as I'm looking at scripture now. And as I'm reading this book and he's pointing to different scriptures that talk about, talk about these different things, and uh, so when I, when I look at that question, it, it immediately brought me to this. Well, that's why these things had to happen because there were, there were fallen, um, fall, fallen angelic beings that were being worshiped as gods. And there was a bloodline that was out there with these giants that had to be destroyed. And God had to be God uh, 
and had to show that these other angelic beings were not God. Um, so, you know, really interesting. I would highly recommend the book. I'm still working my way through it, but whew, uh, there, I did a probably a really poor job at going through that, but what are your thoughts? Uh, it's interesting. Like it's something I, I haven't heard of before. Um, and, and it's, it's always important. Like I said, there's, we're so far removed and we're in such a comfortable culture and, and a sanitized culture that like, we're never that close to like, you know, it feels like, you know, evil people are like dealt, dealt with by the police and stuff like that, that we're, we don't have to deal with it. We don't have to put up with the ugly. Um, but, but Israel did like some of these, some of these countries they were going into sacrifice children, right? Right. Like, that that kind of evil demands judgment, and uh, I remember I was at a I was at a conference recently with a speaker named Mark Clark who wrote a book called The Problem of God, and he said that uh, and it's basically what are the problems people have with God, and one of it is this like that he they see him as like wrathful and judgmental and stuff, especially in the Old Testament. And he says, listen, God's a God of justice, and people cry out for justice, and some people need this like this is what they deserve mm-hmm. um and he goes we we don't like we, that makes us kind of squirmy because we don't have to deal with it ourselves normally but back in these days like there were no jails like you couldn't just like jail them and you know till the end of their days it's like no if you either kill them or you let them go like those those are the choices you have um so and and it's it's hard to talk about in our current situation but uh, people love judging the past by the present standards, but that's not really fair. It, thank you. It's not fair. We we look yeah. at all of that based on our culture today and go, how is that even possible? Right. Well, we got to get into the head of what it was like back then and what was going on then. I will say this, that supernatural um, realm still exists today, but you made a point of saying the word sanitized. We have very much tried to sanitize that out of our culture and conversation and t- like I'm look, I, you know, I'm doing courses right now uh, for ordination and I haven't seen one single course on demonology. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, not that I'm looking to learn all about demons and stuff, but I just mean when it comes to the spiritual realm, I'm not getting a whole lot on that and I'm not trying to knock what I am getting, but we, we, right. we don't really go there a whole lot. And I, I do think we need to, because it, it is, the context of which we live in. Now we say if, you know, uh, who, I was talking with someone just recently and, you know, there, sometimes we, no, I'm, I'm, you know, this is a conversation for another time and I'm happy, to, I'm, well, I'm happy to go there, but I'd rather be a little bit more prepared to go there. So I'm going to stop myself. Uh, and are we going to skip any of the stuff coming up here since it's uh, time? Well, Lucas, what would you do if you thought your dog worked for the CIA? Uh, that's a tough question. Um, I, I'd be I'd be pretty pumped to have a government employee in my house. Um, you think it'd be a mole? The CIA wouldn't be my government's employee, so yeah, I don't know. If it was a CSIS dog, you know, I might be a little more excited. Um, all I can think of when I read this question was, do you remember Inspector Gadget from back in the day? Big time. Ah, oh, brain. And, and Brain, the dog, had like his collar and like a microphone and a little earpiece would come out when he could talk with Penny. Uh, so that's all I could really think about uh, was Brain. Although I couldn't remember his name, so kudos to you. Hey, there we go. Love love that dog. Wanted to name all my dogs Brain. That's why. And I was never allowed to. <coughs> uh, is that true or did I get to? You know what? I'll think of that off air. 
<laughs> All right, Lucas. Well, I just read your notes on the next thing, and I got to be honest, never crossed my mind, and I feel real dumb for putting it. Lucas, what is your shampoo recommendation? <laughs> Uh, well, I saw that you had one, but I, again, I am a bald man, uh, although I put that more as a joke because I mean, it's like I have no hair. What, I have, you know, what's, I'm what, balding. I'm not bald. What's your face soap recommendation? Because you, now, you just, soap. now you just push it straight up and over. Actually, well, the nice thing is like, well, I don't know if it's nice or not. Maybe just lazy, but I just go to like a body wash and that does the whole uh, rigmarole. Um, actually, currently right now I'm using this stuff I bought when I was in Brazil and it's got like coffee essence in it somehow. Oh my so word. It's, it smells really good. And I like to think it gives me a little extra boost in the morning. Well, yeah. <laughs> and does it? I don't know. Probably not. Uh, a friend just, a friend, it's funny. A friend sent me a picture of uh, Old Spice, not a sponsor, body wash. And it's called Guitar Solo. And it's got a picture of this guy playing a guitar, you know, legs akimbo. And, uh, and but it's, it's a bass guitar. That that's on this guy, and now, un, unless and here, here's it, here's what it says, because someone took umbrage with it and made three points uh, of why this is wrong. Uh, there are a few issues that are worth mentioning about your new guitar solo body wash. One, that is a bass, not a guitar. Big difference. <laughs> Two, rarely, if ever, does a bassist play a solo, unless his dad owns the PA and van, and he has a pushy showbiz mum. Again, we love mums. Uh, and then three, not once in recorded history has anyone ever uttered the phrase, gosh, I'd really like to smell more like a bass player. Uh, uh, shoot. Oh, those bass players are always getting a hard time. Well, mine, my recommendation, Lucas, was serious because I totally forgot. You got follicles to, to flail, so go for it. Well, I went with the Redken Scalp Relief. Uh that's it. I'm a big fan of it and uh, use it every day. Uh, what do you, you're changing my notes. What do you, Redken Lice Scalp Relief. Thank you, Lucas. Redken, not a sponsor, never will be now. Moving on. <laughs> Lucas, get us out of here. All right. Well, of course, as we talked about ad nauseum at the beginning, we'd love a five-star <laughs> review. It means a lot to us. Um, but if not, you can always keep up with what we're doing uh, via Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Oxford Holy Club. Or, of course, you can email OxfordHolyClub at gmail.com with any questions, comments, queries, and concerns. Uh, and you can throw up the hashtag OHClub. And, again, five-star ratings, they mean a lot to us. And if you want to, we'll even read them on air. Not only that, but you can now call in the show and leave us a one-minute voice message. You know that. It's in the description. The link is there. Also, if you do want to financially support the show, um, not necessary, but it's awesome if you could. And there's a link in the description for that. Unless you tell us, by the way, we will put that audio from the one-minute clip in the show. Uh, and so that is it for us. Thank you, Lucas, for being here. Uh, appreciate your time. My pleasure. But you know what, folks? More importantly, until next time, keep spiritually fit and, and have fun. fun. <laughs> I love that he did that. <laughs>